From 104.5, The Zone. In Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. This is Squared Circle Radio. Welcome to the Kevin Owens Show. The latest news and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. They make sure you ain't booty. And now... Squared Circle Radio. The face that runs the place. With your main eventers, Jason Martin, David Reed, and Brandon Haggerty. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome in. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. We talk pro wrestling on this program. We've done it for over five and a half years. And by we, I mean David Reed. I mean Brandon Haggerty. I mean me. I'm Jason Martin. You can follow us on Twitter at Zone Wrestling. A week from today will be WWE Clash of Champions because it's time for yet another already pay-per-view extravaganza. Jeez. Yes, it happens like four days before the NXT debut on Wednesday night on the 18th. Which I know we'll get into that later on in the show, but that uh, they the NXT premieres live on USA Network, and clearly they did that to sort of cut the legs out from underneath AEW's debut. Yeah, we'll debut. see if that's a good thing or not. But it seems like USA is cutting out the legs out from underneath the NXT because for the first couple of yeah. weeks, the first hour of NXT will air on USA, and then it will move to the WWE Network because of brand-new episodes of Suits. Yeah. I mean, Suits is about to come to an end after nine years. It's the biggest show maybe they've ever had as an original. Not saying anything past that, but, yeah, not great. Uh, we talked about it last week that just the idea of getting a two-week jump on AEW sounds good in theory, but it also takes away the novelty on that first night on October the 2nd. Why would you watch? I mean, yeah, they might set some stuff up for that show, but I'm still watching AEW that night. Like, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind if I'm watching one live, especially considering the WWE Network's going to have it 24 hours later. And I think BR Live might have AEW too, but I don't know about BR Live yet. I'm, I'm a little I mean, too I, old to, to deal with BR Live right now. I feel like most people, I mean, at least, yes. I, I know I'm going to be the same way. Like, I'm going to be watching AEW Live. Like, yes, mm. absolutely. So that that is a... That's a problem for WWE among many things that are happening right now, including I, w- I do want to say one thing off the top of this show, and then, Dave, I want you to speak. I want to sort of apologize to Eric Rowan for years of making fun of him because I actually thought he was really good Tuesday night. I'm not saying that what they're doing is good. I'm saying his performance deserves me saying, boy, Eric Rowan. All he did Way was a beatdown spot. He talked. I mean, I guess. It was a decent promo for, I mean, I heard his voice. I know what he sounds like now. Blind squirrel. I mean, it's. Oh, <laughs> come on. Broken clock. <laughs> you should have you waited for this apology until next week to see if he actually has a good match with Roman Reigns. I mean, I'm not. I'm doing it now because then I can say, no, I was still right about Eric Rowan, but I'm going to give him credit this week because it was good. Now. It seems like they've changed their minds again. They're, the word inside of WWE is no one knows except Vince what they're doing. So it could change on a dime again. Originally, it was going to be Daniel Bryan. Now it might not be. Now Daniel Bryan might actually be a baby face. And it turns out that this whole deal, the fake Rowan, 
was actually Daniel Bryan believing that's who it was? I mean, I, I no, no. This is this is beginning to approach worst stuff we've ever seen territory. I just uh, of all the times and uh, that Vince McMahon changes his mind, the time that he should change his mind is probably about this NXT debut. Uh, it, USA moving uh, only having the first hour, the first few weeks when the debut is it, that is not a good. Unless there's something very, very compelling going on, and I don't know what that would be to get me to go from watching it on the USA Network to then turn it on the the WWE Network, but uh, to me, you're just punt on the idea of trying to get a jump on AEW. I think is a bad idea from the start. I don't think you want to show your hand to what that show is going to be on the USA Network to AEW and let them respond, have weeks, to, a couple weeks to respond to what their show is going to be and change their show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's true. I also think that they're probably going to throw some big stars out there on that show, which I don't think is going to be good for NXT long term. I heard one thing that I had never. All right. So when you watch and take over, you'll see main roster talent sometimes in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And you'll see talent that hasn't debuted yet every once in a while. You'll see that as well. UFC fights. You regularly see Chuck Liddell in the crowd, regularly see all these kinds of people. When you bring in legends to WWE, they end up doing these segments and overshadowing the current talent. Pay them to just sit in the seats. Pay a few guys that matter in this industry over the last 25 years, the ones that are willing to do it, of course, like some won't, but pay them just to care, to make it seem like the product is something that they are interested in because it was a part of their lives and they want to see what the current crop of guys is doing as opposed to having to weave them into the narratives. So if you're going to use guys like Seth and Roman and all these people on NXT, and I don't know that they are, but I would assume they probably will, just put them in the crowd on Wednesday nights and don't necessarily have them get involved at all. Just let them watch and marvel at Adam Cole or Velveteen Dream or whoever it might be. No, I, I agree with that, but uh, that's not how this is going to go. I'm but, not. I'm, I mean, the WWE main roster talents still get regularly overshadowed by former wrestlers, so I don't expect it to be any different. Like, now this is the main roster talent's uh, ability and, and chance to actually outshine the NXT talent. That's like, right. That's, that's, I, I feel like they're just going to pay it back. I mean, we'll see who's in charge of it because there have been writing shakeups in WWE this week as well. The Raw head writer moved to SmackDown. Yeah, Ed Koski moved Eric, to SmackDown. Eric Bischoff apparently just has no power. Ryan Ward said he needed time off. Ryan Ward's the one that you loved that was writing all the good NXT stuff, but he's also been in charge of SmackDown. But Vince has been tearing up those scripts. Vince also reportedly on Thursday, I think it was, went to the creative team and said, we need to be super creative this week at Madison Square Garden. Give me your best. Cannot wait to read those reports on Monday and Tuesday that he's torn up the scripts again and started from scratch. This Madison Square Garden, both Raw and SmackDown, that has not sold out yet mm -mm. Uh, as of this recording. They're doing two for ones. Know. I, I mean, wow. maybe it. I, I just remember earlier in the week, um, they weren't even really close to being sold out. So they they throw Stone Cold Steve Austin at the Raw show. He's going to moderate a contract signing between Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins for Clash of Champions. 
and then you throw you throw out uh, the Undertaker on SmackDown. This is not supposed to lead to another Undertaker match, according to Dave Meltzer. So he's literally just there. Is he going to wear a Longhorns wife beater? <laughs> <laughs> But that, but to your really point, like <laughs> if you're going to use, if, it would better be served to use the Undertaker in the role that Jason just described. Put him in a crowd I and mean, NXT. He sits at UFC. We've yeah. seen him at UFC. Put and him in, in a crowd. Matches. Put him in a crowd. You, 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 can, you can like okay. I know Kayfabe is dead. Yes, and it I is. know that the sanctity of the Undertaker character gets more and more murdered every day as his Instagram account continues to exist. But I cannot. I cannot possibly take. Watching The Undertaker in full duster and hat sitting in an NXT crowd. No, I'm talking about Mark Calloway yeah, sitting there sit watching there the talent in NXT. You're, you're talking yeah. about like big well, evil, yes. booger red front row. I love, I love Biker Taker. <laughs> I mean, just, just sit there and, and care about what's going on. But, but you're right. They're going to MSG for the first time in a while to do TV. For, yeah, for a television broadcast. And Austin and Undertaker, whatever it is that they do, are going to have there's going to be more interest surrounding them than just about anybody else on that show, and now you've got you've got a pay per view seven days after that, and not only that, I mean, what did we just see at that reunion show? We saw nothing to build towards SummerSlam whatsoever, and not only that, they are throwing a tag team match yes. at this Raw tomorrow night: Charlotte and Becky Lynch against Sasha and Bailey. Yep, which. You know, I know we'll get into the week that Bailey has had and Sasha has had and whether or not we agree with the direction that they're taking on this. I do believe that everybody in this room agrees that this is this is a large pay-per-view main event. They you can have do it built, inside of a cell. They you can do that tag match inside of a cell. You have built your entire women's division around these four women. Mm-hmm. And with no buildup whatsoever, and I know this is a common complaint on this show. This is like Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick showing up randomly on Friday night Sports Center with well, Scott. I know they put it on social media and stuff, but this could have been advertised for a month well, and would have been a lot bigger. If you actually, if you read the the Ringer piece, that, yeah, well, I love Brian Curtis, but yeah, well, if you read the Ringer piece that Brian Curtis wrote about it, one of the things that kind of killed that reunion in the past was that Dan Patrick told ESPN, I'll do it, but you can't promote it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's the case, but you get kind of the same deal. But but they do this all the time. I mean, they put Trish in the ring the week of SummerSlam. She didn't do anything, but still the point was she was in the ring. Like but there it was, is such a there was such a large story to tell. Well first off, why are Charlotte and Becky Right. I mean, they hate each other, right? right? The last time, I mean, there's no reconciliation. This is just like when they hugged after Nia Jax knocked Becky out of that match and the replacement was Charlotte Flair. They had that embrace in the ring that made no sense other than the real-life friendship between the two of them. Add in the complexity of Ric Flair currently suing or filing a lawsuit for the trademark of the man and his daughter tagging up with Becky Lynch right now is hilarious. Chill out, Rick. He just wants royalties for them using that name because he says that in a pro wrestling context, it's his trademark. Did he, in fact, trademark it? No, but he's trying to file a okay. trademark right now so to stand achieve down. royalties. Stand down, yeah. old man. Look, look, but apparently yeah. Charlotte's not real happy about it. I'm like, yeah, I'll bet you're not considering Becky's 
standing right now and you're standing, you probably don't want to upset the apple cart. I just uh, this is one of the things that irritates me about Ric Flair. I, he blew dude, a lot. You're of money. the one that blew your money. Yeah, absolutely. You're the one to blame for you not having the millions upon millions of dollars that you should still have right now. Yeah. Stand down. Yeah. Let the people in, in the business right now have their spot. To me, that this is him. This is him nosing his way into the news and 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 really just taking taking the spotlight away from from people who are actively wrestling in the ring today. I just don't. I don't. This is one of the first times ever that I've I've just looked at Ric Flair and been like, stop, old Bruh. man. Just Bruh. stop. Period. But, yeah, you're right, Brandon. The tag match itself, it's just, they're just, I mean, they announced it on social media. They didn't even set it up on TV, like nothing. They just had a segment on SmackDown, which was really muddied and vague because Bailey's kind of a heel, but there's still some points well, and things that are being. They're it, going what is Charlotte and what exactly? That's exa- that's what AEW is. They're yeah. existing in a level of shades of gray. We'll talk about it all out here in just a little well, bit. Well, I mean, like that, that. That's the only heel character that WWE can write these days. Is shades of gray. Also, where's Kevin Owens? <laughs> oh wait, he's dead. They killed him dead with that segment with Shane McMahon in the back, and now he's not even on TV. It's fantastic stuff. Yep. really is. Let's go to break. We'll come back. All out. Some good stuff, some bad stuff, some tough stuff. We'll talk about all of it. This is Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back. Squared Circle Radio here on 104.5 The Zone. David Reed, Brandon Hagney, Jason Martin here with you on Twitter at Zone Wrestling. Whose music is this? What did I? What have I forgotten? It's Chris Jericho's. Oh, that's right. I only heard literally the start father. Part. It's literally right. Chris Jericho singing right now. Yeah. Well, does he have a belt, or does he not have a belt? I think he does now. That's quite a quite a story. Even the the uh, person who found it just found it in the middle of the road. He was scalloping with his wife, and on the way home, he says he found it on the side of a road. It was literally, just like in a velvet bag. Well, it's probably my guess is dark colored bag at night sitting on a limousine and just drove off and didn't see it. But it is interesting that no one at all even thought you think the limo driver <laughs> might have that right. probably been my first that guess. Be, yeah. Who who was the closest in proximity to this belt not named Chris Jericho? I mean, who else was with Chris Jericho? No one, unless it was like the midnight rider. Did the boogeyman show up and take this? It's a really nice belt. It's not a hundred thousand yes. dollar belt, however. Yes. I think that was on the par of the five thousand dollar flat screen that Kevin Owens destroyed. That's gotten him kicked off TV. Apparently, I think the uh, the police department actually estimated it something like thirty. I mean, that's still a lot of it's, money for a belt. Yeah. Fifteen ish, <laughs> I would have thought, but it does have a lot of. I well, it definitely thought, wasn't a hundred. No, I would have nah. thought at most five grand for that belt. So all out happened. And there was some good and there was some bad. And there's some stuff that I just roll my eyes at continuously. I I don't get the – I don't get hardcore wrestling in 2019 at all. When the secrets are out, why are you duct taping somebody's mouth shut with thumbtacks in it yeah, and I mean, doing stuff like that? Like, I've, I'm sitting there watching Joey Janela bleeding from the back because he's got 20 thumbtacks in it from a skateboard that was laced with thumbtacks from Darby Allen. Like, that's a sentence that I just had to put together yeah. to speak out well, loud. Then, when you said Joey Janela, you lost me, so. I, it just, 
there's a variety show here. Like AEW, it all looks different. Like match to match, it's different. But there's some stuff that's just flat out not over in AEW, and then there's some stuff that is over. And I think that the audience there was a there was a debate this week on Pro Wrestling Torch about whether or not AEW is actually cool or not. And I heard it kind of some people are like, oh, it's definitely the cool in thing. It's like, you think the young bucks are cool? You think that uh, all of these guys are cool, or do you think that they are nerd culture in pro wrestling? Well, I, I think that a lot of fans are sort of projecting their own hopes uh, and unhappiness, quite frankly, with the WWE product into AEW, and that's why AEW has been so uh, buzzworthy. Um, I, I was in New Mexico last weekend and didn't actually get to watch this show live. I, you know, I went back and watched the, the, the stuff that I needed to watch. But one of the things that I think it was J.R. Lind of, of the Nashville scene who tweeted that the difference between like the top 10% of AEW's roster and the bottom 92 is huge. It really is. That's, that's a really good point. But if you think about like the cool factor of characters, I'm not talking about like hope. I'm talking about when you see them, you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's in. That's trendy. I see the anime, I see the video game, I see the comic book, I see all of that in AEW. But if I'm thinking of like just cool individuals, mm-hmm. I still think Vince has more of them than AEW does. A lot more, as a matter of fact. I mean, the only one, I mean, Omega to me, definitely. Um, has a cool factor to you? Yeah. Does he? St- he still has... But I understand what you're saying. I mean, there's Cody a, there's came a, to the ring in a Star Trek outfit. There's a there's a lot of Big Bang to yes. to AEW. Yes. There there really is. Uh, Let me say that again. Mox Cody came to the ring in a Star Trek. Let's, just, let's unpack this Cody entrance first and foremost. First off, if you're gonna have pyro in your entrance, don't bring your dog out there. Man, yeah, not a good man, idea. Pharaoh was terrified. That, Poor dog, man. Poor Pharaoh was absolutely just. You just, you, you went, don't have dogs at firearm shows. Yeah, you went from the Humane Society wanting you to be a spokesperson to PETA. Yeah, PETA throwing like blood knocking on down you. your door. <laughs> and, and secondly, you have built what was a really like. And Jason, your your piece at one hundred four five thezone dot com this week, I thought perfectly encapsulated what Cody's been doing in the young life that is AEW. Like he, his matches are the stories. Yes. Like everything else is sort of the athletic showcase. Cody brings the storytelling, but you know, you have built a really nice, a really interesting, like just meaty red meat on the bone feud, blood feud with Sean Spears. And then you kind of end it. And you walk out with freaking Star Trek. Like, like that doesn't make any sense. Sean to me. Spears' entrance was dope. I yeah. think I'm going to say like it would like everything he was doing. Now he didn't need the scleral lenses. I don't think the contacts needed to be there. But everything else about it was good. And anything Tully Blanchard's associated with, as it relates to pro wrestling, I'm probably going to like because he's such a good heel. But you look at Sean Spears and you immediately are just like, how in the world was all you could do with him on the main roster? Have him count to ten. Like, that's all you can figure out to do with that guy. You give him one sit-down with Jim Ross or whatever, Tony Schiavone, and you realize he can talk. He's got all of this stuff to offer. Good look, can work. We've seen him work in NXT. He's a, he's a good carpenter, as they say. In a lot of ways, he's kind of a Cesaro-ish Are you trying figure. to say he's got a lot of tools? No. Carpenter is just a name for a Cesaro kind of guy that 
elevates young talent, has great matches, somehow manages to have credibility even though he never wins. Cesaro, by the way, did win. Yes. NXT UK TakeOver, which I have not watched. I need to watch that that Walter-Tyler Bate match because I heard that was one of the best matches of the entire year. I think Cesaro actually made Lin-Manuel Miranda into a professional wrestling fan with that match. It was was very good. Really? Yeah, it was very good. But the only thing that I've ever... Ty Dillinger, to me, had a bad tattoo. Other than that, he had everything that he needed to be a superstar. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that he's moved on and gotten an opportunity because he... I mean, he's got to be one of the handful of guys who can be a top guy for them as they start to out television. Like, you just sort of look at the up-and-down roster right now of AEW. Like, the top, the cream of the crops, so to speak, is very good. I mean, you think about Jericho, just as good a character as you'll ever find. Somebody that can get anything over. He, he got a he little got bit a of the bubbly. Over. He got a little <laughs> of the bubbly. He, that's the highest-selling shirt in the history of pro wrestling. Like, this tees. is a man from the, from the guy who got... The word it's over from the guy who got a clipboard over comes a little bit of the bubbly that went viral this week. I mean, they got it right by putting the championship on him first. No no doubt. 100%. No doubt about it. But you got him. You got this version of Moxley that's more unleashed, which is good. If if Pac is sticking around, Pac is is a huge. Yes. A huge hand. You've got Omega. Omega. You got the Young Bucks. You got got Cody. You You got got Sean Spears. Um, you got SCU, who I think is super talented and always underrated, and they can open up a show. I mean, Daniels and Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, those three dudes can just work. They understand pro wrestling. Chris Daniels is one of the best wrestling minds we've seen in 30 years. He's never really gotten everything that I think he could have because of size and various things like that that kept him away from Vince. But, like, how underrated is Frankie Kazarian? I mean, these guys can these guys can work, but then you've got like, you've got the hardcore stuff, and you've got the Nyla Rose thing, and you've got you've got a lot of things that are like just the women's sort of division. Is the women's divisions, it's not good. It's not great. No. Uh, they seem to be. And I think um, who was the, who was the woman that they signed that had the uh, sort of seemed like basically a Bailey. Game. Oh yeah, Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray, she's who gone. is she's gone. Yeah. Looks like she's gone from wrestling period yeah. now. And I feel like they were probably gonna put a lot of promotional muscle behind her. They were, well, I mean, they had talked about how she was Bailey, except she was legit, as opposed to being fake the way Bailey is. The Bailey's not that way in real life, mm-hmm. but that Kylie Ray is. But yeah, that women's division needs I mean Britt a Baker whole ain't heck enough. Of a lot. Well, they have like four women with the last name Rose. It's very confusing when you have a uh when you have a, a, a uh, main player in the women's division on WWE named Rose. True. And then you have all these roses in AEW, and there was roses throwing roses out in this battle, uh, casino royale battle royal thing. And the big, the biggest noise the crowd made during that entire thing is when Tennille Dashwood got eliminated. Mm-hmm. That there was a bigger roar over that people that being upset was... with that than someone winning it for the first time. The battle royal was not. I mean, obviously, that was on the buy-in, the pre-show, which... But it went way too long. But I still continue to... Look, the booth is... It's JR, it's Excalibur, it's Golden Boy. I love Jim Ross. Grew up listening to Jim Ross. He's one of the reasons I wanted to get behind a microphone. One of the biggest reasons I wanted to do this in any way. He's got to go, man. Like, I heard some people talking about how great he was and how much more involved he was. It's not even that he's ornery. It's that he... 
I agreed with what he was doing. I mean, he was burying Janela and those guys in that match, basically. He was making fun of them, acting like it was embarrassing. He did the same thing about Orange Cassidy when Orange Cassidy made his entrance, and that's sort of a one-note gimmick, and you know, we'll see what it is or if it's just a mistake to have I, him around. The young, I'm the youngest guy on this show, and we've, we've had some arguments on this program about things like the final deletion, yes. and I came in on the side of final deletion and stuff like that. I hate Orange Cassidy. I hate it. I, that's the first time I've actually watched it. I have heard about it for a while, but that's the first thing I'd ever seen him do, show up in the ring when the lights came on with his hands in his pockets and never take them out. And it was like, okay, that was cool. I hope there's more than that. There's not. That's that's what I had heard. And then you've got Young Bucks and Lucha Bros that just, I mean, Ray Phoenix is something ridiculous. If Ray Phoenix is right, I think I texted you guys this during Double or Nothing. <laughs> I, I remember because I, I, Ray Phoenix was not a guy that I was super familiar with at the time, and I was watching Double or Nothing, and I was like, how is this guy not the biggest star in wrestling? Yeah. Because he, he's just phenomenal. I mean, they were doing some just absurd stuff. I love the way that that match played out. Yeah, it was a spot fest, but that's what a ladder match is. I mean, it's... You kind of understand what you're getting when you go in, but I actually kind of like the one-upsmanship that they tried to play in that match. There were two different occasions where you had one buck and you had one of the Lucha Bros on top of a ladder about to do a spot, and somebody's on a table, one of each team. They did not try to stop the other person. They looked at each other like, yeah, my guy can take what you're about to give him, and I can do this better than you. And then it was like a tandem spot where they were trying to outdo one another with basically the same spot. I'm cool with that. Like, that that worked. That ladder match was good. Omega and Pac, a couple of weeks ago we talked about, or I guess last week we talked about how that could be a classic. And you laid out your case about, Brandon, you said that, you know, now's time for Omega to try to reclaim best wrestler in the world because he's kind of dropped off. He might not even be in the top five in a lot of people's yeah, eyes right and, now. And clearly the story that they're telling is that Kenny Omega isn't the best in the world right now. They are telling a rags to riches to rags to riches kind of story where he went from second or third match on Wrestle Kingdom to winning the G1, main eventing at the Tokyo Dome, defeating Okada, winning the championship, going through all of that, and then leaving, betting on himself, and now having a losing record in AEW against somebody like Pac, who that was his first match in the promotion. And I think it's an interesting story to play, but it's also, I don't know, I wonder how people are going to view it. Are they going to view it as, okay, we know what you're doing. You just don't want to put those guys on top because they're EPs. Well, Cody is working Jericho at the next pay-per-view. Full gear? But Jericho defends the title on the first AEW show, so who knows. We'll be right back. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back. Squared Circle Radio here on 104.5 The Zone. Jason Martin, David Reed, Brandon Hagney. David's at David Reed Radio. Brandon's at Hag Haney. I'm at J Mart Zone. We're at Zone Wrestling. Bailey, I guess, turned heel. Somebody needs to tell her how to throw a chair shot because these Hulk Hogan-Lex Luger joints that I saw on Monday, <laughs> not going to get it done like she's afraid to hurt Becky. Sasha wasn't afraid to hurt <laughs> Becky, was, yeah. and she hurt her. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. But the only pr- – we talked about Bailey maybe going heel because for some reason they botched Bailey the babyface. Just which, like they botched Sami Zayn the babyface. Yeah, which is just astonishing. But – 
the problem is, did you have to do it when you're doing it with Sasha? Like, these two can't get away from each other. I read uh, somebody said a couple of days ago that what's really true of this whole storyline is that Sasha has gotten her way, that Vince and WWE is kowtowing to keep her happy right now and that she's wielding leverage, that she came back with all of this power and that everything that's happening right now is because she basically dictated terms that she was going to be in this deal. Now, her and Becky is something I'm I'm here for. I do think that right now it's kind of odd. Like, that could easily be a mania thing that they could have built up for a long, long time. But we don't live in that era anymore, especially when SmackDown's about to start against the NFL, especially in an era where MSG can't sell out mm-hmm. anymore. And that's just unthinkable of, that a TV show can't just sell out instantly for them. And with legit competition in the form of AEW. But heel Bailey, I just, it's just like you had to do it when you did it with Sasha. You just turned, you had Sasha come back. Her healing is very good. I like watching what's happening right now. Bailey doesn't need to be involved in this. That's my thing. It's just like you don't need her to be tacked on to this. We don't have two separate brands where you could have two people turn heel and do one on each show where it's all completely self-contained. Because of this, everybody's on whatever show we want them to be on right now before they're going to do another talent draft. I think on the second SmackDown on Friday, it's either the second or the third week on Fox, they're doing another talent draft where they are fully separating the rosters and there's going to be no more crossover until Vince decides there's going to be crossover, which could be two weeks. Could which be is three going weeks. to be week three of SmackDown. But what do you think of Bailey heel right now? Yeah, I mean... And then Charlotte's a terrible baby face. It just seems unnecessary at this point. That's the thing about it. Like, yeah. Sasha walking to the ring alone is some of the best heel work that I've seen in a long, long time by anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, she can stand alone in a bunch of different areas and working with different people right now. You don't have to get those two that close together. And it would be more intriguing if you kept them apart for a long, long time now because all we've seen since they've been on the main roster, is those two together in the ring in some capacity. You could have done – this could have waited till after class of champ, Clash of Champions. Maybe you have Becky go over um, Sasha at Clash of Champions and have Charlotte win the SmackDown Women's Championship, and then Bailey and Sasha at that point decide that they need to team up to take down both Be- Becky and Charlotte or something like that. But, like – it does feel a little, a little bit forced to just sort of. I, I know that there's the history uh, between Bailey and Sasha. Like it's funny to me that you know Bailey goes out on SmackDown and her explanation for what she did on Raw was That's that she was friend. just staying loyal to her best friend. Her yeah. best friend who they had like a year where they, we didn't know if they loved or hated one she, another. And you couldn't trust Sasha and her best friend who two weeks ago said that that ti- the tag titles meant nothing to her and that she weeped because she was in a nothing match at Mania. That was a tag match where her tag team partner, the first ever women's tag team champion in WWE, was Bayley. And that hasn't been brought up either. Like, Bayley couldn't at least... I think this is one of those where you keep them apart, and then at WrestleMania they walk into each other in a backstage segment. Like, Sasha's on her way to the ring, and she bumps into Bayley who's coming through or whatever, and then you have that moment where, oh, well, what is this? And you just tease it and you just drag it out and drag it out and don't actually do anything with it for a while because it's something you can hold in your holster. 
And every time you see these two are on television, we're going to find a way to put them together. It really is like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Like, they're going to find their way back to one another. I mean, all Sami has to do is play his way off TV, and he and Kevin Owens can be right back together again. <laughs> and all he has to do is split up with Shinsuke Nakamura, which Miz is about to win. Can we can the annoying heel manager has a microphone during his client's the, match. The, the Leo, Leo Rush. Zane, the Sammy, yeah, the Sammy I mean, Rush. It's, it's the same Leo Rush formula that we did during Bobby Lashley. And it was just as annoying when Sammy did it on Tuesday. And it's not the, the, not the annoying that WWE is going for with it. No, it's not. I do think that it's very transparent that they're talking about how many title reigns Miz has had as an Intercontinental Champion because they have to get Jericho's name off the top of that list because he's an AEW. And Miz is the guy. Miz is the guy. I mean, who's been more loyal to WWE than Miz over the past? Okay, because no one else wants him. Like, let's be honest. Well, I guess that, like, I mean, Miz Miz would could walk over to AEW right now. I mean, Jeff Jarrett could win it. I think Miz and Jeff Jarrett and somebody else are tied. With number of Intercontinental Championship wins, so like Double J could. Is it Dolph? Is Dolph Ziggler he's not up got, there? He's probably pretty far up there. Those two. I mean, Dolph Ziggler. I, I feel like we've gone through about nineteen Intercontinental Championship reigns with that guy. Yeah, I. And now he's maybe going to be a tag team champion with Robert Roode, who they struggled to beat Hawkins and Ryder on TV. It's like we can't just let them. Dominate yeah. that match. Like, there's no reason for that to be a back and forth affair. Then we've got the Viking Raiders, Viking Experience. I'm not even sure what they're called at this point. It's, it's the Viking Raiders. It's they're just kind of there. Everything's just kind of there. And then you got Randy and Kofi, and it's still a very good angle. Is it? And it's it's a pretty good angle. Is it? Randy's been very good. Has he? I thought so. <laughs> not in the ring. I'm not talking about the match. Like 75% of his promos have been him saying the word stupid. And that's better than 95% of WWE's writing. You can't script stupid wrong. Like, he can continue to say that over and over again. Now, a little bit much when he said, I'm in your hotel room. I'm going to see your son. It's like, okay, no one buys that. It's pro wrestling. The, uh, the jig is up, so it, you can't really pull that off anymore. I, I said this last week. I know some people will disagree. I think it's time for Kofi to lose that title because I'm just not interested right now in what they've done with it. It just kind of... Are you, like, at the end of your rope? Like, this is Jinder Mahal with the WWE Championship from a year ago? That, that name was brought to, up last week. To last week. I said <laughs> these two title reigns are about the same. I'm not saying Kofi... I mean, Kofi's more over than Jinder Mahal, but... Kofi's the also matches, vastly superior in every way. Yeah, than I mean, the matches Mahal. are, except steroids, uh, the matches are better, but there's not been anything outrageously great during Kofi's title reign. I mean, I thought this Randy Orton match had a chance to be we, good. We have had, At this point, we're dead here. We've had Randy 100% less great Kali appearances during Kofi's reign as opposed to General 100% Mahal. less Punjabi prison <laughs> appearances, but we have had Randy Orton as the opponent against yeah. both. And shocking, shocking that both would be boring. I think we're just done here with this Randy Orton. Like Randy's going to give you that. That's what Randy's exactly. going to so, do. So here, so here's uh, like I am at this point as a professional wrestling fan. We have said on this show for five and a half years now, almost six, that quote unquote, when Randy Orton is motivated, he's still one of the best in the world. Like I am here 
going on the record to stop that. Randy Orton because is not Randy, motivated anymore. Nothing like, is going to motivate Randy Orton. There is anymore. no qualifier anymore because apparently Randy, either Randy Orton is A, incapable of being motivated, or B, just not that good anymore. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. I think there's I don't think there's anything left really for him to do or accomplish and he has zero motivation to do anything. I, that's that's where I am with and it. And the WWE is just going to continue to pay him. Cuz I mean he's had great dance partners. He's had some bad ones too, yes. But he's had AJ Styles and he's had Seth and he's got Kofi right now. All of these things should be things that would inspire him and he's just kind of like, yeah, you know. I'm so good and so smooth that it's going to look good, but it's going to bore you to tears. You remember when Randy Orton and Sheamus had like 15 matches on TV in like a three-month span a few years ago? I'm not sure I've ever been more bored except on Thursday Night Football this week than I was watching the Sheamus-Randy Orton experiment from there. But, I mean, at least when you had gender, you had the Sings getting nearly killed destroyed by randy orton's <laughs> who didn't know his own strength like in terms I, I know we spent the last segment talking about AEW, but in terms of quote unquote wwe lifers randy orton is the only guy i could like i could see randy orton walking just quitting wrestling and being or, done or like or, or going to AEW. he is the only wwe oh, lifer quote that unquote part. that i can see jumping ship yeah because he's just kind of but i don't think that would allow that to happen like i don't think they would ever find themselves in a position where they couldn't just offer him enough money just just to keep him away. Yeah. I mean, because I they, it seems like they like to play keep away nowadays. I continue to think Randy Orton is basically Barry Windham in 2019. Like, he's, he's a guy that's so smooth that it looks boring, right. that it, yep. looks, it looks too effortless, it looks too easy. Because it is. He's like the pro, he's the perfect pro wrestler, except he can't make it look like he cares mm-hmm. most of the time. And his setups are good. His promos are good. Like, he can talk, and you like, you believe that character. And then you see them work, and you're just like, man, you're just not going to get over that three-star level, are you? I think Nakamura has sort of fallen into that territory as well. At his age, there's nothing left. He didn't care about right. proving anything in WWE anymore. If he did, that's been sucked out of him at this point, and he's cool just to surf in Florida. That's where we are. We'll be right back. One more segment. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back to Squared Circle Radio 104.5. Zone finishing up here on this Sunday morning. Titans radio coverage starts at 10 a.m. Regular season begins in Cleveland. Titans-Browns. And we'll have it all for you right here on 104.5. The Zone. So, I don't I don't like the Titans' chances today. That's the, the hand signals yeah. that I was making. You can there. just hand signal me. You can just hand signal me. So, you're playing Chad Gable. Well, you're playing American Alpha. I guess Chad Gable coming back. We talked about Jason Jordan last week because I asked what's happened to him. And he's I keep now seeing a him, like, but yeah, I saw him in a couple of backstage photos. I think at SummerSlam. Yeah, it looks like he's, he's there. He might be done in terms of his wrestling career, which yeah, is sad. That's very sad. Uh, but at least he's still employed, and they're still doing some things with him. American Alpha could just be. They could be like seven reigns deep. No doubt. Into being a tag team champion. Huge right missed now. opportunity. Chad Gable is still in the King of the Ring tournament. Which, and they're doing uh, short jokes. Yeah, they are They are doing short jokes. And I tweeted on Tuesday night while I was watching SmackDown. I said, either A, Chad Gable is about to go on a run in this King of the Ring tournament and might actually make it to the finals, or B, we're just throwing out playground insults for no reason. Well, I think we're doing it because Vince thinks he's short. And Vince thinks because of that, 
everybody else thinks the same thing, and they don't. That's not how it operates. This dude. It's just hilarious to me. It's hilarious to me that backstage, backstage, Samoa Joe walks up to Chad Gable, and it's Samoa Joe who is hitting him with short jokes. Samo the the same Samoa Joe who might be two inches taller. Yeah. Samoa Joe ain't six foot. No. No. I mean, if you call, if you're doing short jokes about Chad Gable, what are you doing about Gargano and all those guys in NXT? Because ain't none of them dudes tall. I've stood. Ne- I mean, we've stood next to some of them at Ring of Honor shows. They're not big. Well, I mean, this this is the it's same different This era. is the same company that wanted to give uh, Neville a Mighty Mouse yes uh, gimmick. So Jeez, this is what we're talking about. about. One yeah. of the most talented guys in the past thirty years in this business was going to be Mighty Mouse. Yes. Because Vince McMahon. That's it. Like, Vince thinks because he thinks he's short. That's all we see when we see Chad Gable. I, Let me tell you what I, I've never thought when I've seen Chad Gable. It's never crossed my Man, mind. he's short. Dude, Vince the dude was an Olympian and it's, as an amateur wrestler. Vince is listed at 6'1". I know. Like, it's not like Vince is walking around looking like Kevin Nash. <laughs> In his own mind, I guess he is. But So that's like all you can do is just tell these short jokes about Chad Gable. And then wonder why. I mean, it looks like people got behind him on Tuesday night. Last week when him and Shelton had their match, dead silent. And that's WWE's fault because that should never be the case. Chad Gable usually gets people into the end of his matches. And, and Gable and Andrade went out and had yes. exactly the type of match that you would expect those two to have. Correct. I, I would have loved that match to be on like a takeover where it could have gotten 20 minutes. But instead, we had to settle for like eight or nine on, a, on an episode of SmackDown, but it was still really good. There was also this weird thing this week where both Baron Corbin and Elias had probably the best matches of their careers. Who was who did Elias beat? Ali. Yeah. Ali's good, first might, of all. That might, be, that might have to do with more. Yeah, but I mean, I've seen Seth and Elias. I've seen some really talented people with Elias, and they're still boring matches. This was this was best Elias match I've ever seen. And Corbin... Corbin's a little underrated because he's so vastly seen as bad. He's not bad. And he ha- the deep six is one of the best spots in the whole company, in my opinion, especially as a cutoff. But I could still see him winning King of the Ring because he, it's he a will. heel gimmick and he it's will. a dumb gimmick. Yeah, I think he's going to beat Chad Gable for King. The tournament is either built for that or it's built for Ricochet. And I don't think King Ricochet is going to help Ricochet. That doesn't, that doesn't fit. You don't need that. The gimmick is very campy, and I don't need to see Ricochet with a scepter and and all I of mean, the look, and a it, crown. It, yeah, it took it took Booker T and made him a joke, basically. What? Made everybody a joke. Wait a minute. No. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Come after oh, you King Booker. King Booker. So stupid. That that so extended stupid. that man's career by like I mean, three They did years. that to Harley Race. So stupid. King Booker. By the way, I just looked. I had to look up to see how tall Chad Gable is. Take a guess. Five eight, five ten. I would have thought five ten, five eleven. He's five eight. Okay. I, I, he doesn't look that small to me. He doesn't work that small. To that's because there's not a whole lot of people towering over you in WWE well, anymore. The reason he doesn't work that small is because he's so strong. He can just right. he can throw around a Samoa Joe. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I remember you and I went when we saw an NXT taping down. In Orlando, we saw a stalling, like deadlift suplex that Neville to gave Kevin to Owens. Kevin Owens yeah. with no help whatsoever from Kevin Owens. Yeah, Chad Gable does that all the time. Yes, like that is a signature spot for Chad Gable. He is a five eight Steiner. Like 
Dude That's is, what he is. The strength that that man possesses is sick. Yeah, it's like him and Kurt. I mean, you could make him Kurt Angle or you could do short jokes. And that's what they've chosen to do is short jokes. I want to talk on the way out, at least in this last couple of minutes, about Adam Page because they're main eventing with him still. They're trying to make this thing work with – I mean, well, they main evented all out with him. And him and Jericho went and worked about a half hour, and it was a really good match. I don't think anybody bought Adam Page having a chance to win it. And there was, there was as much booze towards Adam Page as there were cheers. And it's not because he's done heelish things. It's because this is being forced upon you because they love Adam Page. You can and see look, through it. He's got, talented, he's got talent, but you cannot do this in 2019. And you definitely can't do it with that audience. No, I mean, the AEW audience is the smarkiest of the smarks. Yes. I mean... Especially a crowd that's going to go to all out in Chicago. Like your television crowd, you're gonna you're gonna get some casuals in there. But in terms of like the people that are going to pay money to see that show, yeah, they're gonna be the smartest crowd that you're gonna work in front of. You know, I just hope that Adam Page can come out the other side of this. Like I, I, I think that the the guy is is talented mm-hmm. enough to make something out of this. But it's it's clear he's not there. I think they're going to move forward with him and Pac. I think they did some sort of a post-show bit where Pac sort of approached him and, and confronted him backstage. Mm-hmm. If you remember, that was originally supposed to be the Double or Nothing show. Yeah, and they show. ended up doing it overseas and yeah. releasing it days ahead because of the whole Dragon Gate championship problem. So it looks like we're we're going to move forward with that, and that's fine. That'll be good I mean, matches. Th- th- those will be good matches, but... So so maybe sort of getting him away from the title scene will be good for him because clearly he won't be tied up in a title uh, program if he's working pack. Yeah, don't make him your Roman Reigns. No, and don't. that's that's what you're that's what you're in danger of doing. Yeah, but you have a you have a fresh start coming with television where you can put this guy, put him on TV, and build him up to that main event status. Yes, yeah. keep him away from like Cracker Barrel hardcore matches. Yes. Keep everything away from that. Like, just stop with that stuff. I mean, I'm. I thought the only Cracker Barrel hardcore match was me versus that Country Boy Breakfast, or that chicken that's now available. By the by, the way, day. still undefeated. Am I? Are you against yes. the against, against the, the Country, Boy, Country Breakfast. Boy Breakfast? Also, it's pretty. If you go back and actually watch it, like Jr. trying to weave in like ten Cracker Barrel plugs during that match about how he loves their biscuits and all this kind of stuff. Like in the midst of like, <laughs> I don't know, people having their Mouths sewn shut and all this kind of stuff that's happening in these matches. I do love their biscuits. Jr. What what biscuit does Jr. not like? He's like me though. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm certainly not assuming that he does. So next week on this show, as Clash of Champions will hit, we'll preview that certainly. But we're also going to dive into the fiend and what he's going to do at Hell in a Cell and whether or not it's going to be a good thing. I'm going to go ahead and say this on the way out. It. Chapter 2 hit theaters this week. We're about to run into October. USA is trying to promote a show called The Purge. All of these things tell me Vince is paying attention to that as opposed to what he actually has planned for Bray Wyatt. We'll see. We'll talk about it next week and also MSG. See you there.